Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crazy Conduct Truck and Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. I am the Size Matters to and I am here with Crazy Conduct Dave. How are you doing, Size Matters? Looks like you are in your pickup today. I am. I'm rather mobile. Today, I am in Bismarck, North Dakota, just hoping that I don't get any phone calls that interrupt my signal. So we're going to try really hard to keep this going smoothly. And for a 10 code today, I'm using a 1032 for a radio check because I got some new headphones and a new mic that I'm trying out and also hoping for that to not fail. There's a lot of potential fragility over here if my Wi-Fi dies, my mic. So bear with me, guys. So far, so good. The good thing is, the good thing is, as truckers and as agronomic people, you know, we we just roll with the punches all the time. Every time. Whatever gets thrown at us, we'll get it figured out. You know, I bet that applies to our guest today because I have a feeling she has to roll with the punches. And from time to time, she gets a little concerned about that uh, radio check. Is anybody out there listening? So would you like to introduce our guest, please? I will do that. Uh, We are going to have on here a young lady today that um, I don't believe I've ever met in person, even though we're like 20 minutes apart and I've known about her for a while and I've followed her on LinkedIn and different places. And what I do know is that she works for Searcy Transport, Transport or Trucking? Trucking. Searcy Trucking. I don't know what, I just had a brain freeze there. And they are one of the premier flatbed companies and have been for many years out of Winnipeg. Awesome company. And uh, so our guest today is Rochelle Baker. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. So how long have you been in trucking? So I started out, um, it'll be 10 years actually, in a few weeks um, with Bison Transport actually. And, um, and Bison acquired Searcy back in 2013. So Jerry Searcy uh, sold after, you know, almost uh, 45 years, um, you know, as the owner and proprietor of Searcy Trucking. And um, I was in recruiting and driver services over at Bison. And um, our current president, uh, Norm Blagden, actually uh, reached out to me there because he had uh, made the move to Searcy and reached out to me to see if he'd be interested in um, doing some recruiting for Searcy. So ultimately it started out kind of like doing like a hybrid position at Bison and Searcy. Um, but the plans were to grow Searcy and to grow the company. Um, so they kind of realized they needed somebody full-time, which actually worked out perfectly for me because I was living in Winnipeg, like three minutes from the terminal on Chevrolet Boulevard. So I, uh, it was an easy, easy, uh, uh, option for me to to forego my my trip all the way out to the airport at uh, at Bison's head uh, main terminal there in Winnipeg and uh, yeah so I started with uh, with Searcy in 2014 and yeah so I just celebrated my seven years with Searcy and yeah a couple of years before that at uh, at Bison. Wow, so uh, you're in the driver services. Explain to people that don't know what is driver services. Driver services is everything. <laughs> I feel like it's everything anyways. Um, yeah, we, we pretty much. That's a great that. answer. That's a great answer. <laughs> you know, as days, a driver, I love that. <laughs> some, days, some days it is. And, um, you know, we basically, you know, from the, from the start of, you know, the pre-hire uh, recruiting, onboarding, orientation, uh, risk and compliance actually falls under uh, my department as well. Um, all the training, all that. So, I mean, I work very closely with our operations managers. Um, so we have uh, Matt Peterson in on our mileage division and then Reid Lechner in our specialized division down in Altona, Manitoba. So we kind of, I don't know, we're kind of like the three amigos. Um, you know, we have to work really closely together and make sure it kind of everything works with ops because if it doesn't, then uh, that's, where the, that's where the headaches come in. So <laughs> yeah, basically recruiting uh, onboarding, training, and risk and compliance—that's all. Uh, that's all under driver services. So, I realized proximity helped, right? I need—I need a job. I'm close to the depot. I could work here. But any other reasons why? Why to get into trucking? Was there something in your background that you felt there was a reason to? You know what? I uh, a family friend actually. Uh, my mom's best friend's daughter uh, has been at uh, a Bison in operations for a long time, and. I was actually on maternity leave in uh, in 2013, 
and I was up north. Uh, my mother-in-law, my husband's from uh, Thompson, Manitoba. So I was up north, you know, with my kids and I got a call from her and said, you know, like, I know that you're not back to work for a few months, but you know, I ha- there's this opportunity thing that I think you'd be amazing for at Bison um, as like an onboarding, um, like pre-hire uh, assistant uh, in driver services. And I had really never thought of it before. Um, I obviously like I've worked in, you know, restaurant industry and um, for the chiropractor association of Manitoba. So I was kind of, you know, like in that mommy mindset and wasn't really actually thinking of what I wanted to do after um, mat leave. And so I wrangled, you know, trying to find uh, childcare and went for the interview. And, you know, I walked in the building at uh, on Sherwin Road there by the airport. And I actually saw a close girlfriend from high school that I hadn't seen probably in 10 years. So as soon as I saw her and, you know, she and I had a conversation right after my interview, she said, you know, like, I've been here for a couple of years, I really love it, you know, you, you'll love it here sort of thing. And thankfully, I got the job. And, and from there, you know, the opportunities just kind of kept coming for me. And, um, you know, I, I love working as, as a team. And, uh, and, you know, I love working with drivers and, you know, meeting so many different types of drivers from, you know, all over the world, even. And uh, yeah, so when the opportunity came with Circe, like I, you know, didn't know much about decks, didn't know anything about, you know, like oversized freight or anything like that. And uh, it was obviously a huge learning curve, but I had a lot of really good mentors. And obviously, Circe is uh, just celebrated 52 years. So a lot of the, the office staff and operations support staff that were there when I came over in 2014 were just, you know, like a wealth of knowledge for me. And, you know, they were all so welcoming. And I was only one of three females, I think, at the time that uh, that was employed at Circe. So that was a little bit, you know, intimidating to start. But um, but yeah, kind of when I, I, I joined and started learning and, uh, you know, your brain just kind of overloads <laughs> with, you know, you thought, you know, trucking, well, then, you know, here's some you know, decks and, uh, and open deck freight to, to throw at you. So yeah, I never knew that it was something I wanted to do, but now I honestly, I can't see myself not working in transportation. That's, that's interesting. Cause you know, I've, as a driver and as you know, the stuff I've done in the industry, sometimes you get people from vans over into, uh, dry vans, regular box trailers over into deck work and they're like well why can't you do that you know it's like well (laughs) (laughs) there's a little more involved exactly and it but it's it's interesting and it's fun you know it um yeah so your your husband is from thompson so is that where you grew up or where did you come from originally? No, I'm, I'm a Winnipeg girl from straight out of Charleswood and uh, lived there all my life. And then I moved, uh, it'll be six years for us in October that we moved just south of the city. And uh, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't look back. Like, I mean, I have a short commute, you know, down the 75. I, you know, wave at our trucks as I see them <laughs> when I'm, you know, on the, on the highway passing them. <laughs> uh, I guess I shouldn't say that. But uh, yeah, when I'm on the highway and uh, it's, you know, a nice quick drive for me. So uh, yeah, the, I mean, where I live is not a small town so much anymore. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I could ever move back to, to, the, to the big city of Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. So coming into trucking unexpectedly. What do you think you were going to do when you were a little kid? Was this, what was the job that you always said, I'm going to have that? Honestly, I think um, my sister was a teacher. My mother was a, a teacher's assistant for, for years in Winnipeg. And I, I don't know, I felt like I could teach. And, you know, when I, I think when I was little, little, I wanted to be a hairdresser. <laughs> but uh, that's just because, you know, that's all I kind of knew. But yeah, I think as I I kind of grew up like I didn't go to secondary school. I, um, it wasn't for me. I was not great in school. I mean, I, I got by or whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of didn't really found, find what I wanted to, to do really. And, um, and I'm kind of lucky that I stumbled into trucking because I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not easy by any means, but I mean, like there's so many resources out there and so many like different chances for you to learn like with all the podcasts and webinars and you know like um conferences and stuff like that like you're you don't you never stop learning like i love it yeah well i thought i thought people always say with trucking you know you just sit there and hold a wheel how complicated could it be uh, yeah well we i think you know the naysayers <laughs> out there as to as to why they say that but yeah it's just there's so much and i mean even as a driver like 
I feel like drivers are never done learning too. you know, like I get calls and, you know, and I'm looped into conversations about things that, you know, even our most experienced guys that have been there for, you know, 25 years may or may have not have known. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely an industry where there's, there's lots to learn and you never stop. And they're always changing stuff too, right. And yeah. rules and, <laughs> and compliance and stuff like that. So there's just, it's just, it's constantly changing. So I mean, yeah, you're never, definitely never bored. <laughs> With the changingest industry there is, <laughs> and there so, is so always things about, to learn. Well, and okay, so along those lines, what's your favorite resource? What's something that you constantly go back to and use that's been the most helpful in your position, or that's really the most helpful for your drivers? Honestly, for me, it's it's my mentors, like um, my direct superior, uh, Howie Hildebrand. He's our general manager. Um, he and I share an office right now. And honestly, I, I reach out to him a lot for things. And I mean, he's just right there and it's convenient. Um, Norm Blagden, our president, like he's, you know, was a drive. Both of them actually were, had their class ones and, you know, we're drivers and we're behind the seat, which actually, you know, you don't see a lot, you know, sometimes with presidents and CEOs and stuff like that. And it's really nice because yeah, they know, the ins and outs almost like of everything that I do in my role and pretty much like the entire company. So, I mean, my resource and my go-to is obviously to them, um, but management attracting association, like, you know, I've been involved uh, with them and uh, attended lots of conferences and meetings and all that. So, I mean, they're always a really good resource as well. And, and of course the internet, the friendly internet. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, Mr. Terry, Terry, Shaw? Mr. Terry Shaw. Yeah, how could I forget that? How could I forget? Make sure that's in all shouty capitals, Mister. He's going to give me a hard shy. time now, too. Oh, he, started off, he started off auditing logbooks, and look, look, look where he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, right, he's a lot you of fun. What? And that's the thing, right? It kind of it makes it's an industry where you know, like, you don't have to be the president, but I mean, like, there's ways that you can you know move up, and when you dedicate yourself, and you can show how hard you work, and you know, yeah, like you're dedicated to this industry. Like I've you know, start off as an assistant. And now, you know, I was the first female manager at Searcy um, a few years ago. And now there's, I think, three of us. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that, yeah, like you can start as an assistant or customer mm-hmm. service or anything like that. And you can kind of work your way up and, and prove yourself that, you know, you're you're committed. What's, what's been the biggest surprise to you in trucking? Like before you, before you started till now, what was the, the biggest thing was just like, wow, I have had no idea. Um, Honestly, I think kind of what we were talking about before, like you guys aren't just, you know, steering wheel holders. Like there's so much to the job and there's so much that drivers have to deal with. And, you know, I I know that people don't often understand that, but yeah, like from the the moment you get up and, you know, start your pre-trip till, you know, your ELDs and your, you know, load checks and deliveries and customs. And like, there's so much in a day where, yeah, you're driving for 11 or, you know, 13 hours or whatever, but there's just so much in between where it's like, you know, you really have to be skilled and, you know, continue with your education and continue with, you know, continuous improvement. And um, that kind of really did shock me, I think, ultimately in the beginning, there's just so much to to keeping a driver on the road and busy and compliant and safe that, yeah, it's just, you don't actually think about it. Like you and I drive to work, you know, in our, in our passenger vehicles. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of mundane and you just drive to work and you get from point A to point B and maybe you stop for gas, but you know, with the driver, there's just so much more to that and, and making sure that, yeah, you are safe and compliant is uh, there's lots to it and lots of moving parts and lots of people involved. Okay. So of all those things you were just talking about, Which ones do you think to yourself, okay, this is the piece of information. This is the the one thing that I love going over with a driver that I want to make sure they're clear on. What's that favorite training bit that you do with them? Honestly, I think, you know, from the onboarding, starting a new company is, is intimidating. I think, even though, you know, a lot of orientations and trucking consists of the same things, learning new faces and the phone numbers and the, who do I call for this sort of thing? is kind of, you know, what I'm, you know, I don't say most passionate about, but I mean, I want to make sure that driver knows that like, he's not alone. You know, we have 24 seven, like support and after hour support. And, you know, when you're throwing all this information and in a few days of orientation, it's like, 
you know, they maybe retain, you know, five, 10%. And that's not, that's, that's natural, right? No one's going to remember every single thing or every policy they're signing. And just to make sure they have that information, um, like on hand and who to talk to. And that's kind of like where I fit in. Like, I'm very much like a, as soon as you're on the highway, you know, even if you forget everything that we've talked about, like just call and never be afraid to call because if I don't have the answer, like somebody else will, and I will direct them to that. Right. As in regards to like the aspect about the driver's um, day, I was very heavily involved in the ELD implementation and the AOBRD implementation in 2017. I, I, I trained all of our drivers uh, when we brought electronic logs in 2017 over to CRC. So I, I understood how the, 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 the back and forth with, you know, the training from going to paper logs for, you know, years and years to this, you know, some sort of electronic recording device in the driver's uh, truck. So I saw a lot of the, you know, the driver side of things and the compliance side of things. And I wanted to understand, you know, sometimes, you know, drivers are not accepted and, and, you know, the rules themselves and another new technology for them to learn and, you know, to throw a smartphone into there. And it's like, you know, pretty overwhelming. So I, I'm kind of passionate about like, you know, making sure the drivers understand how to use our logs and, you know, how to actually, um, yeah, be compliant at the end of the day, because it's important. <laughs> I, I have one question about that, that I like to ask recruiters. Yeah. So, because there is so much information overload at a, uh, at an orientation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. people say, you know, like, okay, call this number. If you have any questions, always call and ask, right? Mm -hmm. How hard is it to get a hold of you or to get a hold of that person on the phone? Honestly, I don't think like, I mean, we all now, especially with COVID, like we all kind of have um, soft phones installed on our phone. So like, I mean, my regular cell phone actually has my work line to it um, okay. and it goes right to there. So, and, you know, we do have on-call um, cell phone numbers and there's on-call dispatch, there's on-call, like our, our fleet maintenance manager, he, you know, is on-call pretty much all the time. If it's on him, it's, you know, somebody else on his team. I don't think, you know, communication, I think is kind of everybody's like sore spot and I can't speak for other companies, but I mean, the communication I think is, continuously you know needs to be worked on improved on um i think right now we we're good with the fact that we do have these these numbers and we're kind of working on right now like a, a dedicated driver line so that you know they're it's not missed or you know they don't have to walk through you know hi welcome to crc trucking press <laughs> one for this press two for this press 184 for this you know like it's gonna you know connect you to you know your fleet manager you know, um, the shop, me, their operations team, like it's, it, we're working on that now to make sure that they have a dedicated line because, um, yeah, there's nothing more frustrating when you, you can't get a hold of somebody or, you know, you send a satellite message and no one gets back to you. So communication is definitely important to us. And we're working on like always constantly finding ways to improve that. So yeah, drivers aren't left, you know, on the side of the highway and not knowing who the heck to call or can't get through to somebody. That's been one of my biggest pet peeves starting at a place and everybody's very accessible until you get hired and you're out the door after your last day of orientation, then it's like nobody works there anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, 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 I have some bad memories. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying we're perfect. Like, I mean, we definitely, you know, have our, our issues as well, but I mean, like, that's one thing, like I don't want a driver to start and then be left alone and then something happens or they get, you know, like disgruntled or whatnot because they couldn't get a hold of somebody. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that, you know, like our entire team in both of our divisions, like, all right, like everybody's all hands on deck. You know, if you don't know the answer, don't transfer, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to call you back with the answer or get someone to call you sort of thing. When I get that answer, Google's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. So in my um, regular day, I spend a lot of time working with interns, trainees, and doing training and that type of stuff myself. So do you feel like a lot of the things that you are teaching, that you are sharing as when you're training, is a little bit like being a life coach, and those are some pretty transferable skills to their personal lives? You know what? Yeah, now that you think, of, like, now that I think about it, yes. And, you know, I'm friends with, you know, a lot of our drivers and, you know, I've invited them over to my home and, you know, and you develop relationships with people that you spend so much time with, even like, you know, coworkers and stuff like that. And, 
you know, things come up in orientation where it's like, wow, you know, like I don't know if I should be giving advice on this. However, you know, like let's talk about this for, you know, 25, 30 minutes sort of thing. And I learn a lot from them too. Right. Like, you know, I, I'm not very familiar with, um, like, um, I should say like cattle hauling and livestock hauling, but you know, a driver last week, he was, uh, he was heavily involved in that for many years, uh, during orientation, we had a great conversation about, you know, some of the requirements there. And, you know, then it led to us talking about family and stuff like that. And, and that's kind of what, you know, the best part of my job is, is like, not, yes, it's great to onboard them. So yeah, but connecting with them and, you know, knowing what their birthday is and, you know, knowing what they have at home and families and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you definitely kind of develop like a, you know, like a mentorship and, you know, call me if you need anything or, you know, we have a, you know, some uh, like a driver's only Facebook group as well. So that only if you're employed by CRC that, you know, you can go ask questions and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we've had some wives, you know, jump on and, you know, and, and ask questions and stuff like that too. So it's like, it's definitely, you know, yes, training mentorship, and it doesn't just stop at orientation. That's for sure. Okay. So that brings up two questions. You have said that you have drivers coming in from around the world, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think about that, what's coming back at you from some of those drivers coming from very different backgrounds and cultures? Oh, lots. (laughs) We, um, I went on a, um, a campaign with the province of Manitoba in 2017 to, uh, to London. And, uh, we spent time recruiting a couple of drivers that were there and wanted to immigrate to Canada. And, um, it actually, I'd never been overseas before. And this is probably one of my most memorable experiences because I never, you know, even thought about how amazing, you know, you, you think about how amazing Canada is, but then you go over overseas and you listen to these stories from drivers that want to immigrate to Canada and, you know, the whys and the, and, you know, hearing the stories about, you know, I saw an RCMP officer in a movie when I was five years old. And ever since then, you know, I wanted to immigrate to Canada and, and like, it actually really touches you. Like, I think, you know, it was more of an emotional journey, I think, too, not just hiring drivers and, you know, bringing their families overseas, but they're literally uprooting their entire lives, you know, applying for citizenship in Canada, like, I something that you don't actually think of until you're there and, and listening to these stories and, you know, trying to understand, you know, what it involves and how much work it is, you know, and, and we had a driver that brought over his wife, and they're actually a team on our specialized division, they're, you know, hauling our, our, our hard to move and oversized loads and stuff like that. And, and another um, gentleman and his wife and family and three kids, like it's, it's a lot. And they, yeah, they moved everything. I picked them up at their airport with their luggage and, and, you know, we found a spot for them here. We connected them with, you know, their um, uh, like cultural uh, groups in, in Winnipeg here and connected them with, uh, with some, you know, Facebook groups that they could reach out to and, you know, find some of their like favorite snacks and, you know, talk about home and stuff like that. So it was a really eye-opening experience just to understand like what it meant to immigrate to Canada. So here's my second question. First of all, you're, you're pretty much like a lifestyle coordinator now at this point. But my second question is then you have children and you Mm -hmm. have invited folks into your home. How's that impact on your family? And by the way, I just want you to know, Victoria's in the background and she's wondering some of these things. So I get to be her mouthpiece today. <laughs> Honestly, um, you know, we, from what, even when I first started at Bison, even like there's opportunities to involve your family in things. And, you know, we, there's award ceremonies. And, and when I came over to Searcy, there's, um, you know, we have uh, during National Trucking Week, we do like the Driver Appreciation Day and stuff like that. And you know, my kids were included. My husband is included. Um, I think my sister even came to one one time. Like, um, it's important. And, you know, I, I know a lot of companies say, you know, we're, we're family culture and family orientated, but, you know, actions speak louder than words. So when my kids are invited and there's like a petting zoo and, you know, they meet my family and my boss and it's just some, and, and that again, like, you know, drivers are, you know, bringing their wives to, to barbecues and their, you know, kids to, you know, take a tour of the yard. Like, it's important to, you know, connect with people. And I know there are some people out there that are fine, just, you know, coming into the terminal and leaving and, and, you know, maybe never, you know, connecting with somebody like that, but you know, there are a lot of drivers that do, and there are a lot of drivers where, you know, we're on face first same basis with their wives, you know, their wives call for a lot of the things or their partners. And it just, I don't know, it makes it a lot easier, you know, and I know that you're sometimes supposed to work, leave work at home or leave work at work, and, you know, home life separate. <laughs> 
really in truck series. <laughs> You're so cute. No, uh, it's not how this works. Yeah, not in trucking. And that's the thing. I think it's a good opportunity. And, you know, there's boundaries, obviously, that you you have to watch and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, like it's it's just easy. It makes things easier when, yeah, your family is is comfortable, you know, meeting drivers and even on the road or, you know, getting gas at, you know, the Flying J on the 75. I've run into our drivers and, you know, what I mean, it just makes things easier, I think. I would agree. Yeah. The um, it trucking often is more of a lifestyle rather than an occupation. And so keeping the family involved for those that want it to be involved, then that's so important to make them not just say you're a family, but act like you're a family. And sometimes families have squabbles, (laughs) you know, but uh, then you work through them. Right. And uh, you figure it out and you need boundaries in families too. You know, like I would like if my kids always wanted to do everything with us, but (laughs) that's not how they always are. So then let them have the freedom to do other things, you know, and yeah. And honestly, it's one of those things where, you know, I've definitely had disagreements and, you know, sometimes even arguments with drivers. And like I said, like everything that, you know, our drivers deal with in a day, you know, and we're the ones sometimes that are the first people they talk to. I've never not been, you know, called back after a disagreement or an argument and, you know, been apologized to like, you know, we have to work with each other and continue to have that relationship. And, you know, our drivers are respectful enough to notice, you know, like, oh, wow, like that probably wasn't the way that that conversation should have went. But, you know, <laughs> at those conversations that I, I see the, the name on my call display and, you know, hi, like, you know, you're always you want to see it. The next conversation is going to go. And, you know, it's a lot of the times like, Oh, I'm really sorry. You didn't deserve that. Like, um, you know, having a, a rough day or, you know what I mean? And you have to understand that. And I think for the most part, yeah, like we understand that. And sometimes you just need somebody to, to sound things out or to vent and um, yeah, it happens. It happens all this. So that brings up a really good point because um, I've dealt with um I've dealt with uh, mental health issues and some anxieties and stuff like that. And your job, your job is often the the point person for the driver, you know, either you or the dispatch fleet manager, whoever they talk to, you know, and it is so critical. What, what has helped you deal, deal with drivers like me or other drivers that, have called up and have had those heated conversations or had, I mean, we call up sometimes and there could have been a hundred things happen in the day. And the last thing that happens, you're calling up the company and you're just fuming. And it seems like it's such a small thing, but it's the culmination of all kinds of things. What, what has helped you, deal with that and because it seems very obvious that you do that well and I'm not saying that because of what we're seeing in the interview here because I see your drivers out on the road Mm -hmm. I I know what they say and I know how they feel about the company which is for the most part very good Mm -hmm. so you're doing something that's working what has helped you honestly um you know, we, we were provided training in the Manitoba Trucking Association does have, you know, training on it. And that is really important. But I think the conversations are almost more important. Um, I'll tell you a quick story that uh, is quite upsetting to me because it was um, during the time where we started training and implementing the, the ELDs and, and one of our drivers, um, you know, been with CRC for almost 20 years, um, 2.2 million safe miles in that time. Um, he was going through some mental health, uh, issues and we had paired up with, um, the project 11 and the true North youth foundation with the Manitoba Moose and Winnipeg Jets club. And, um, because of this, uh, you know, a driver was dealing with some mental health issues and I'm, um, I trained him and, you know, he was getting it, but again, you know, he'd been used to paper logs for so long that it was, a struggle for him. And, and I didn't know, but he had, um, you know, been dealing with a lot of, uh, medical issues as well. A lot of back pains like that. And, um, we had barbecue day. We have uh, barbecue every Thursdays in our yard. Well, 
pre-COVID anyways. And I'm, you know, on my social media during my lunch break and I see the uh, um, RCMP Manitoba post and there's a photo of our driver and he was missing. And like instantly, you know, like your stomach just sinks, you know, that's our driver. And it was posted, I want to say within the hour. And so I, I had to our president's office and um, ask him if he had seen anything. And uh, it was just before the long weekend, the Canada Day long weekend. And mm-hmm. um, we heard from the RCMP, you know, he had parked his truck at home. And, uh, and then a day later, we found out that he had taken his own life. So we're dealing with that. Like I was actually, you know, not because like I, I manage our social media as well at CRC and, you know, trying to, you know, do, are we doing enough? Like, you know, where is he? And then you see that and, you know, you, you talk to his wife and uh, you know, who didn't really know that he had had, you know, issues with, you know, mental health and um, and it got to that point where he took his own life. So uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough subject because, you know, it affected everybody at the company. Um, but at the same time, again, it did kind of educate us on, you know, are we doing enough for our drivers? Right. So um, I had actually had a confrontation with one of his friends as well um, to the point where I felt like I was being not blamed for his death, but you know, the, the ELD training was kind of something that set him off and he walked into my office and um, he was enraged and uh, he, you know, kind of verbally abused me in that, you know, moment of time and, you know, slammed the door. And I never experienced anything like that. And I mean, I'm a pretty strong willed and, and strong woman, woman, but um, I, I, at that moment, I just was like, wow, is, was this my fault? Did I, you know, push it over sort of thing? And, and thankfully, I had a really good group, you know, like our president went out right away and, you know, and, and talked to the driver and he was friends with him and I got it and I understood, you know, but um from that moment, that's kind of where our safe driving um, mileage award came from. We called the Holden Award after uh, Jim Holden. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he was a safe driver, you know, 2.2 million miles. He went through something and, you know, I don't think anybody really knew what he was going through. Um, and so at that point in time, we decided to team up with, you know, Project 11. And Project 11 is geared, you know, towards the younger generation. So it's like kindergarten to, to grade five. Um, but that's where it starts. Right. And, you know, I have young kids of my own and, and even just to get them involved in something like that. And just so that they know, you know, like there's somebody to talk to and, you know, we're lucky that we have a great benefits program at CRC and we have an employee assistance program where, you know, if we kind of feel like we're, you know, at that cusp of, you know, I don't know if I, if I'm the right person to deal with this with you, you know, we always offer EAP. And like I said, you know, we've spent hours on the phone talking with drivers about, you know, divorce and, you know, death and it happens all the time. Right. And, and in that moment, it was just, you know, it's what we did. And and I feel like, you know, there's always more that we can do, but, um, but yeah, we've done, you know, like, um, uh, 50, 50 and stuff like that and donated to the, to the project 11 and, and, um, and it's just, it was, it was probably one of the most, you know, memorable times at CRC for me, not because it was amazing and, you know, super fun time, but it affected me uh, to the point where it's like, yeah, we, we need to do more and, and make sure our drivers know more. And, and, uh, thankfully our driver tr- trainer, uh, Terry Waldy, he's, um, he's been with our specialized division for a few years. He just came off the highway to do some training. He's battled with mental health as well. And, uh, and he, you know, talks to our drivers in orientation about it, you know, like it used to be kind of a stigma, like, you know, you don't talk about it, you just deal with it, you're on the road for hours on end, and you have no one else to talk to. Well, you know, he's always a phone call away, we're always kind of a phone call away. And, and if we can't deal with it, then yeah, our employee assistance program um, has has really helped too. You know, Rochelle, this is just a great point that in our last episode, we talked about you know, what we can do for people in high stress areas. And and I work in agriculture and currently with what we've seen across the Canadian prairies, as well as into the Dakotas, we're, we're at an all time high right now for stress amongst our farmers and ranchers. And I think that in the trucking industry, based on what's happened in the last 18 months, so are you. Uh-huh. And you just were a, a great example of what you can do for others in your position. Yeah. Nobody told you that was part of your job description. You don't have to do it, but you choose to. And if there was something to 
think about. Um, there's a book out there called Leaders Eat Last. And it's about oh, um, love it. okay. leadership. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's maybe something for people in your position who might hear this might think about. And secondly, for all of us, regardless of our position and what we do, I think that reaching out to each other, remembering to ask that que- that simple question of, are you okay? But also understanding the other person may or may not have the strength to mm-hmm. answer honestly. But we have to ask, are you okay? Number one. And number two, then we have to be able to just simply listen to them. Mm-hmm. And if at all possible, just direct them anywhere that we can for the professionals. Most of us just aren't in that position, but Rochelle, you said it so well that a lot of companies have an EAP, which is an employee assistance program that can be of help to them. I think there's some hotlines and information available, whether it's in Manitoba, Alberta, um, Saskatchewan, that can probably be very helpful to people who might be listening to. And even as far as here in North Dakota, you can dial 211 on your phone and immediately be connected with a stress hotline who can help you. Wow. So this is just an opportunity for us to share that because I think that's just a a real hot button and topic that's going on right now in both our industries. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's uh, the toll-free line in Canada is uh, 1-833-456-4566. And in Quebec, that's 866-277-3553. Or you can go to crisisservicescanada.ca. That will be on the show notes, of course. Yes. And um, yeah, when the driver's calling in like that, or uh, uh, the driver friend of the guy that has uh, passed away um, comes in and is very angry, it can be very easy to be angry back. But when you understand, and I think you did this quite well, Rochelle, you understood that he, he, um, he was hurting Mm -hmm. and he wasn't, you know, it it can seem sometimes like they're lashing out at you or at somebody else, but to understand that that person is hurting and to give them the space to vent. And after you can calm things down, you know, but that's, that's critical to uh, handle it the way you did that. And it, we don't know, we don't know what somebody else is going through. I, I said that in my, like, I, I've been the trucking representative for, um, for Canada, for uh, Bellet's talk in Canada. And um, in my in one of the short videos that I did for them, I say you never know what somebody's going through, and that that's somebody that may be having some dark thoughts, or it may be somebody that's dealing with the trauma of, of losing somebody. It's not just it's not clear cut, and when somebody's blowing up about something or being very upset, you know, to find out what to let them vent and to find out what that reason is. And then you can help deal with that afterwards. Very much so. so. And, and, you know, Victoria just uh, sent a message wondering, Rochelle, how did you get to the point of having that patience and understanding? Is that simply your nature or did you find that there's something that's changed within you? Honestly, I think that it, I, I'm a pretty patient person and, you know, and that's the thing, right? I had already been in, in transportation for a few years. So I kind of, obviously not to that, you know, extent ever dealt with that, but, you know, I understood where he was coming from and, you know, like emotions include anger and, you know, and I, I, I would kind of put myself in that driver's position too, if that happened to my friend. And, you know, there was something that, you know, critical that happened before that, you know, it's, it's so natural to place a blame on somebody. And I wasn't upset. And, you know, I, I was in the office and, and, um, our, uh, our risk and compliance manager at the time, you know, escorted him out, you know, in the most like positive way that he could have and professionally. Um, and you know, then our president went to go talk with him and whatnot, but, um, but yeah, like it, I almost just kind of shut down and just kind of let him talk because, 
I didn't want to say something to aggravate him even more. And, you know, just you, yes, use me as like a sounding board and, and vent. And, you know, like I express my condolences and, you know, I, and I don't know how that driver is. He's no longer with CRC. And um, I know that he's friends with some of our drivers. And I know that one of our drivers actually on his behalf came and, uh, and did apologize to me on his behalf after that. And, and I hadn't talked to him about it and, you know, and it's, it's in the past and whatnot, but yeah, it affected me because, you know, it was, you know, something that included me, right. If it was somebody else, I'm sure it would have affected them. And, you know, I probably would have forgotten about it, but I'll always remember that moment. And, mm -hmm. uh, and again, I hope that he knows that like what we've done because of that, like, you know, and naming like an award that will hopefully always be at CRC after him. And, you know, we, we buy a leather jacket for our drivers. We even presented his, his wife, um, Virginia with a leather jacket as well with his name on it and went out to her house and and uh, and gave it to her and and you know just had some coffee and stuff with her and and uh, even his daughter reached out to me on social media and said you know like thank you guys for for you know what you did and you know my dad would probably you know have been really honored and you know unfortunately he's no longer with us but uh, yeah it was just it was just easy to do right it just made sense Good. to honor him and his legacy and you know we have a beautiful plaque with uh with a leather jacket jacket and a little write-up with his his name in our in our foyer um at our our head terminal there just you know visitors come in see it and it's something that it's really special to us and i think we have like 21 or 22 drivers that have uh, accomplished the, the holden award which is at least over a million miles and uh yeah it means a lot and it's something that i was a part of which also really is special to me too i think that's outstanding yeah so thanks. I know I got a little bit emotional there, but uh, thanks for letting me share that story because it's important, I think. Quite okay. It's very important to me. And I thank you very, very much for bringing that up because um, I've had times where, you know, I've talked to somebody. I don't want to get too much into some of the things that I've, I've um, to many different people, but I know of cases where somebody has said they wanted to talk to somebody else and they haven't. And then shortly afterwards, that person has gone and passed away um, and uh, died in tragic circumstances. And um, I've also had it, you know, where a kind word has stopped somebody from committing suicide mm -hmm. or from from going through a suicide, I should say. And uh, it's really, it's really important. I was getting pretty emotional listening. I've lost a lot of, I know a lot of people that have passed away in tragic circumstances. And you wonder, you know, what, what more could we have done? Um, so thank you very much for sharing that. And, um, you know, I, who knows how things are going to go these days, but I have, a I have a program that I have loved to come and do to trucking companies and try to help educate them with mental health and, uh, spotting, not necessarily spotting things, but understanding that when people are on the road and when they're talking about it and when they're making strides, then that is something to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to go through these things. It takes a long time to fix something that's taken years of buildup. You know, you, if you don't look after something for years and years and years, like a, a field with, with uh, size matters, you know, she deals with right. weed control. If nobody does weed control for a decade and then expects her to come in and say, yeah, well, we'll just hit it with this one product and everything will be awesome for now and eternity. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's just a miracle. That doesn't happen, actually. It doesn't happen. It You're going to deal with it for many years to come. And it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing with mental health. So I had a, you know, I've been in this industry for, with, with a professional license for 33 years. And uh, I had something happen the other day that I've never had happen before. I, I pull into Deacon's Corner to fuel up. And you know Deacon's Corner. It's a petrol pass fuel stop. And I put my card in, put the, put the nozzle in my tank, 
turn it on and starting to pump fuel. And then really quickly, I'm like pulling the nozzle out and I'm looking at it like, and I'm looking at the gauge and it's ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look over and there's a guy, he had taken my hose and you gotta, it's hard to get my hose around into his truck, but he put it into his truck. Oh no. And I'm like, what? And I Ugh. go and flip off. I was obviously on the master pump and I flip off my thing and I, you know, the total amount was like 33 liters. And I come around to the guy, I'm like, what are you doing? Well, ours wasn't working. So we were trying this one because we thought maybe this one would work. I'm like, really? <laughs> so I don't know how long these guys have been driving, but they didn't even know how to pump fuel into their truck. Oh, no. And so they figured, well, they'll just take one that's working and that should be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, no. I don't <laughs> want to laugh at your expense, but I mean, I've actually never heard of that one before. So that's, that's, I, that's a good one. Yeah. 33 years, I've never come across that. <laughs> I've come, I've had people siphon fuel out of my tanks when I'm not sure. looking. But actually, when you're right there at the pumps to take my pump and to put it in his truck, I'm like, wow, you, you're, yeah. So I trained oh. him. I, there was a team. It's actually two people. It was a team runner. And it wasn't Cersei, so we're all good. Or Bison. <laughs> and uh had to teach him, you know, how to start the pumps. Because if one handle is clicked, that was their issue, was they were trying to start it with the, one of the handles in the on position. And it doesn't work. And so then, but it should have been something they should know. But anyway. Good for you to join them because a lot of people wouldn't probably do that. They would just get irate and then, you know, and say a few choice words and then move on, right? Like that's kind of what I think that network and support system is important because, yeah, it takes you probably a few minutes to show them and, you know, they're probably pretty thankful that they did steal your fuel. <laughs> I, I was pretty I was pretty annoyed at first until I realized that they just didn't know, didn't have any clue what they're doing. And it's exactly. like, oh, okay. We'll show you how to do this. <laughs> what are you dying to ask, Bridget? <laughs> well, I want we've we all have funny stories being out on the road, but I want to know what Rochelle has for something that whether it's happened while in training or something she's noted up noticed out on the road that she wants to say was her funny transportation experience. Oh my goodness. Honestly, um <laughs> Oh, I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but uh, we have a driver and of course I will not name names. And of course, you know, in driver services, we get a lot of the calls that, you know, when people don't know who to call, they call driver services and, you know, they press three or whatever our option is. And, you know, we've gotten calls with, you know, like sometimes it's whether, you know, is complaints or, you know, kudos or whatnot. And, and we get a call from our customer and, uh, one of our drivers who likes, it was really hot wearing his coveralls, wasn't wearing anything underneath his coveralls. Okay. So to each their own, that's fine. But uh, he went to go in his truck and change and unfortunately did not draw his blinds and uh, gave a little bit of a show to, um, to the customers. And, you know, they, they had a good laugh and like, I, I understand, you know, and it was, it was an uncomfortable situation. I said, wow, you know, like, I want to say that this was not planned. And so as soon as I call that driver and like, yeah, you have to have super awkward conversations sometimes. And, and as soon <laughs> as I called him, he's like, I know exactly why you're calling me. I'm so sorry. I, you know, I forgot to draw. I was so hot and I was overheating. I just wanted to cool down and I forgot to draw my blinds. And unfortunately some of the, the, the shippers or whatnot saw him, but, uh, I mean, we had a good laugh because yes, I, I, I totally trust him and believe him that it was an accident, you know, but those are just some of those calls where you get where, you know, you don't know how to answer that, but you know, we'll call you back when we kind of get to the bottom of this. So yeah, that was actually just kind of recent. I want to say that was recent too, because he wasn't allowed, <laughs> he wasn't allowed in some place to use the bathroom, obviously because of COVID or whatnot. And so he wanted to change and uh, he changed. All right. So yeah. as someone who... Yeah, got their attention. And as someone who is constantly going from place to place and needing to go 
you know, again, it, it, whether it's hot, you need to change clothes as you're going from something work to personal. I've changed clothes in the backseat of my own pickup a lot. And I'd like to think I've been pretty careful, but I'm going to pay a lot more attention now. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I hear you. We, I think we've all kind of been there. I don't know if I've mm-hmm. been there during the daylight at a customer. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was one of those stories. Yeah, it'll definitely stick with me. <laughs> I've heard of people that flash the paper boys too, you know, I, by accident, you know. <laughs> well, you know yes. what? <laughs> The one time I post something on a Sunday on Twitter, positive that nobody is going to read it because it's a Sunday on Twitter. Yeah. Everybody reads it. Everybody. <clears throat> oh, I'm, I'm, I yeah. still, the jury is still out. I still don't think that poor guy had to see anything. <laughs> I wasn't even naming names. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, well, if you want to name names, you guys can all contact us by going to crazycanooktrucking at gmail.com. Crazycanooktrucking.com is our website. There's lots of connections to all of our social media, all the things that we do there. If you want to watch this on YouTube versus just listening on a podcast, you have those options. So Rochelle, we really want to thank you for spending time with us today. This has been a lot of fun. Um, not only do I usually come in doing multiple things at once, sliding her in sideways right as we start, I rarely ever know who we're actually going to talk to before it starts. And Look at how good this was. How much fun, right? Thank you guys so much. It was a lot of fun. Thank usually, you. I, usually I know the person fairly well too, or one of us does. And here is Rochelle. We got to know Rochelle a little bit. And uh, I appreciate all the times that you have liked and shared my stuff or done whatever you've done on social media and LinkedIn and comments that you've made. And I appreciate that. And uh Thank you very much. The the stories and the heart that you have for your drivers really comes through. And I can say that Cersei is a place a lot of oversized people want to go to mm-hmm. because it's they are treated like family. And that's very important. So thank you very much to everybody. Um, it's been one of those days for me, hasn't it? <laughs> It turned out well, in case you haven't noticed, folks, turned out very well. Yes, so, thanks yeah. so much. Take care, everybody. Hopefully, we can, hopefully, maybe we can meet in person one day and we won't just be LinkedIn connections and whatnot. And uh, we'll see you maybe in the near future. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>